Oh my God. Great Gazoo, thank you. I have been talking for the last 12 minutes. <laughs> but I was on mute. Traveler one, what do you have to say? <laughs> oh God. Where the hell were you? I was here. I was muted. I had my thing on mute. I'll start it over. Hi, everybody. It's October 3rd, and it's time for my private audio call. And uh, tonight we don't have a guest speaker, but I thought I'd go over some IRS issues. I was looking at Payman's website. That's uh, Freedom Law School. Or well, let's see, the website is uh, livefreenow.org. God, and I was asking you all to join me over on his website. And the <laughs> 12 minutes I've been talking to myself. God sakes, I should have looked at the screen. Thank you, Great Kazoo. <laughs> I looked at the chat as I can't hear any audio. And I, oh, my God. I've been talking for 12 minutes. I read documents on Payment's website. Here, let's go back over there. Let's see here. Okay, I want you all to go if you want to join me in this conversation on income tax, IRS issues. You go to livefreenow, all one word, dot org. And then once you get there, <laughs> I can't believe it. Go to, uh, let's say I picked our victories, our victories. And scroll down to where it says IRS victories. There's a whole slew of cases here. They won against the IRS, and I was re I read the first case, the whole damn thing. <laughs> oh my God! Oh well. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> oh my God! Well, sorry about that. Thank you, uh, traveler. <laughs> Uh, what would you like to talk about? Anybody have a comment, question? Should we talk about the IRS? You want to look at Payments website and study those materials, all those winning cases? Something to do. Uh, otherwise, uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Does anybody have any issues they need to discuss or hash out with someone else? Want to play mock court? I would love to do that, <laughs> but it's up to you. Listen, I can just shut it down and go lay down. I have an upset stomach. I ate too much uh, alternative, some stevia or, or whatever it was. I don't know. <laughs> uh, can't eat too much of that. But uh, let's see. Dan Elvis is asking, Great Gazoo, have you ever beat a traffic ticket? <laughs> I'm going to go back over to Payman's website and read some of these successful uh, IRS issues. Okay. The first one was, uh, is it's Freedom Law School beats IRS for attempting to steal home. And then the second category is, Freedom Law School beats IRS for illegally taking money. The third category is Freedom Law School beats IRS illegal tax claims. Fourth category and final 
is Freedom Law School beats IRS for not following proper procedures. Seems that the one I the first one where they IRS tried to take this kid's home that was about procedures also. If you want to open it up, you can do that and we'll read it or I don't know. We can do whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? Great Kazoo is saying, no, I drove on expired license for four years back when I was driving. I did not study this stuff. But I did learn that the judge never sentences anyone to get a license. It's never part of the punishment to get the license. Well, that's really interesting. Hmm. Never sentences anyone to get a license. Well, why do you think that is? Hmm. It's another part of the punishment to get the license. Come on the call, Great Gazoo. Let's talk about it. Why do you think that is? Traveler One, did you have anything else to say? I'll mute you out. On that question, why would they kill the cash cow? <laughs> That's true. Okay, Dan, Dan, Dan Elvis is saying, oh, wait. It never, it's never part of the part. Yeah, it has to be voluntary because it's a contract. That's right. Dan Ellis is saying, great, Angie, but did the IRS come back and take the person's money claimed was owed? No, they didn't. They they sent letters showing it was all, you know, withdrawn and whatever. It's really interesting. Payment's the only one that hasn't gone to jail. And they had him up for, what, $700,000 they were trying to get out of him when he was here in California. And he beat him. And that's there, too. You could read it all. So you got to, you know, you can't beat success, right? You want to follow success. That's what I want to do anyway. I don't want to follow losing arguments. I want to follow successful ones. They're not really even arguments, you know. But if you're at his website... Uh, let's go back over there. I like his website. It's very informative. I'm not. I'm not telling anybody to go pay him to do their work for them because I don't believe that you should do your own work. But we can learn from his successes. He gives away a lot of information. I was watching him earlier on YouTube. He has. A, he does a, a live streaming call on YouTube at. Uh, I think it starts at. Uh, what is it? Well, it's 7 o'clock Eastern, so it's 3 o'clock my time, or 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock my time. And uh, he gives out a lot of free information. He also sells his, his packages, which is fine. He can do whatever he needs to do. But he gives away a lot of information, and uh, his website is very informative. Let's see here. Freedom Law School beats IRS for not following proper procedures. The proper procedures before they can take anything is they have to give you a uh, notice of assessment, a notice of determination. Well, here, let's see. Freedom Law School beats IRS illegal tax claims. Which should we, which we, you know, somebody pick one to delve into. And we'll do that. Which one looks interesting? Oh. Let me take, check the chat here. Hold on. But I did learn that the judge never... Oh, yeah. Okay. 
there's nothing new there. Anybody have a, a comment? Does anyone have a, a particular document they would like us to go over on the website, payment website? All right. Well, I'll pick one. Let's see here. Freedom Law School beats IRS for illegally taking money. Okay, stop the IRS from stealing money while student was in collection due process hearing. Number two, court ordered the return of money that was stolen while student was in the collection due process hearing. Three, the IRS sent the final notice of intent to levy and the notice of federal tax lien to the wrong address. Uh, four, IRS started taking 100% of our student's social security. Well, that's not right. Number five, IRS levied our student social security benefits without issuing a final notice of intent to levy. Number six, the IRS illegally issued a notice of levy against the student when she was in an appeals process. Seven, while the student was still in a collection due process. Well, these are all, all pretty much the same. An illegal levy was this one, IRS not followed, allowed to levy. <clears throat> Excuse me, if an individual is in an active appeals process, these are all the same. IRS sent the notice of intent to levy to the wrong address. Another one of those, IRS issued a supplemental notice of determination and removed the $5,000 frivolous penalty against a student. This is all students. <laughs> oh, the, I guess they mean their student. Not a student student, but Freedom Law School student, right? <laughs> IRS is not allowed to levy if an individual is in an active appeals process. See, those are all pretty much the same. Hmm. Freedom Law School beats IRS illegal tax claims. Okay, this one is one tax court rule that the citizen owed the IRS a big fat zero. That is right, zero. IRS admitted that they had illegally denied the student a collection due process hearing. IRS did not properly create and mail the notice of deficiency. See, that's a big one. They got to do it. It's got to be certified mail. Tax court's decision, which states that the student owed nothing to the IRS. Tax court's decision, which states that the student. And there's those two of those. Hmm. Case four and five. Okay. Case number six. 350,000 tax assessment would be abated in full. Case number seven, tax court's decision that there was no tax. The tax court calls it deficiency. So the tax court decision that there is no tax deficiency. Number eight, the tax court ordered the IRS to send the case back down to the IRS appeals office. Which one shall we read? Hmm. Let's go back. Where's the one that, uh, let's see, let's go to Franchise Tax Board Victories and see what they have there. Freedom Law School be California Franchise Tax Board for trying to illegally take money. Oh, that was the Paul, Paul Bomber crushes. That was for 337000 And he's got a picture of the check. Yeah, but that was then. <laughs> now they don't do that anymore. Nobody beats the Franchise Tax Board anymore. But uh, anyway, 
What's this? All this stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Case number one, 2006 tax court ruled that the citizen owed the IRS a big fat zero. That is right, zero. Uh, what are you What are you telling us to watch here on YouTube, Great Kazoo? Debt collector unable to legally collect from name user non-claimants. Oh, yeah. The citizen is liable to withhold income taxes upon a non-resident alien, but no tax imposed upon a citizen, meaning no requirement to withhold subtitle A or C taxes from a citizen by the taxpayer. Well, you only, well, you're only a taxpayer if you are required to withhold. Read that one. Which one? Oh, case number one, 2006. Let me go back there. Uh, uh, was that oh tax court ruled that the citizen owed the IRS a big fat zero okay let's read that case number one this is a case where the tax court ruled that the citizen owed the IRS a big fat zero that is right, zero. This case is proof that it does not matter that the IRS and the courts call you a taxpayer. You can go to the tax court and win. Have the court that have the court that you owe the IRS. Uh, something wrong with that. Nothing. You hear a typo there. He misstated. Uh, have the court tell the IRS that you owe nothing or state that you owe the IRS nothing it should be anyway you should go to the tax court to beat the IRS you can do too if you do it right or have the right kind of education and assistance or representation in this case IRS came after Karen McManus for 3,548 plus penalties and interest for the year 2006 Freedom Law School had previously educated and guided our dream team members David Wellington and now retired attorney Philip Putman to handle a case such as this one. At the end, the tax court ruled that Karen owes nothing to the IRS. Okay, there's no documents. Want me to read the next one? Uh, IRS admitted that they had illegally denied the student a collection due process hearing. Or let me go back to the chat here. Okay, I read that one. What else? <laughs> you can put your hand up by pressing star two. You want? What was that? Somebody say something. Everyone living in the Union States should be applying for a refund? Yeah, but to apply for a refund, don't you have to file a 1040 and sign it? Are you, what, make up your own re refund slip? <laughs> I don't know. I am Bay. You've been unmuted.
Hello. What do you have to say? Angela. Hi. Are you going to talk? <laughs> There's a big delay or something. We're not hearing you very. I mean, I don't hear anything. Oh, you muted yourself again. Okay, you're unmuted. I can't hear you. I heard it. it that's all I heard. <laughs> oh, now he's gone. Oh, well. Call back in. Maybe it'll work. Have the air conditioning on. Can you guys hear it? I hope it's not interfering. Oh. Oh, you're back, but you don't uh, have your phone. It doesn't. It just shows you uh, our viewing only, no audio connected. Oh, well. What are you doing down here? Everyone living in the Union States should be applying for a refund. You can do it. You can do a informal claim. Don't do a claim by form. Informal claim. Okay. Sounds good to me. Got you got a sample? <laughs> KIMB is back again. Yes. There you are. You are unmuted. Okay, so um I I was fortunate enough to run across a particular case online. Okay. Um, U.S. the United States versus um um what's his name? Let me let me get it for you real fast. Okay. Yeah, the United States versus LMB, and um I think you can pull that up. And it How do you spell um, that? A L L A M B Y. Okay. A L L A M B Y. Okay. And I think you would find it very interesting. It's a short read, but um, the the judge um, rendered okay. a, a a verdict in relation to the gentleman um, not selling the book on how to um, beat the um, the courts on not with not paying taxes. Hmm. Let me see. Is that this uh, U.S. versus Allenby case number one hundred four? Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is on a website called www.casemine.com. Is that what you're talking about? Um. Let me go to this one here. U.S. Courts. Yeah, case mine. Yes. That's in the Court of Federal Claims. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, that's no, that's a Sweeney Allenby, United States. Knowing that the role of the judiciary in the high function of enforcing and policing the criminal law. That's not it. Wait, it must be this one up here. But it's I don't know if that's a reputable site. Case mine. Oh, I guess oh yeah, it looks like a legitimate website. <laughs> 
Okay, order. Solomon Oliver, Jr., District Judge, now pending before the court is plaintiff, United States of America, motion for summary judgment against defendant Michael Allenby. Plaintiff filed its motion on May 31, 2005. To date, defendant has not responded on the merits. After reviewing plaintiff's brief, brief the applicable case law and the relevant documents on the record, the court grants the motion for summary judgment. Defendant filed a motion to strike the plaintiff's motion for summary judgment on June 24, 2005. The basis for the motion to strike was a contention that the plaintiff's motion was unsigned and out of rule. Hmm. The motion to strike did not address the merits of plaintiff's summary judgment motion. The court denied the motion to strike since the plaintiff had filed and since electronically had, oh, and signed electronically. ECF number 30, defendant then filed a response to denial of motion to strike and other matters, ECF number 31. This filing repeated similar meritless arguments and also did not address the merits of the summary judgment motion. At no point did defendant seek any extension to respond to the summary judgment motion. Facts. Wait a second here. Number one, or facts. Many of these facts are reprinted from the court's prior order granting a preliminary injunction. Defendant Allenby, a resident of East Cleveland, Ohio, began preparing federal income tax returns for customers in 1975. In 1994, Allenby began interpreting the Internal Revenue Services instructions to Form 1040A, the U.S. Individual Income Tax Return, as requiring individuals to report only their income from wages, salaries, and tips on their tax returns. Allenby, Dep. 32-37. Allenby receive, believes this amount is zero rather than the amount of wages, salaries, and tips actually received by individuals because one does not receive income from wages unless one invests their wages to earn income on them. That is a true statement. Defendant's letter to the court, 7-9. For example, Allenby believes that if an individual earns $83,000 in wages in a year and the individual's W-2 form reports $83,000 in wages, the individual should report zero income on his tax return if he follows the instructions because $83,000 was not income earned from wages. Allenby's, okay, I'm not going to read the, the page numbers and stuff. You guys can get that for yourself. Allenby's interpretation results in many of Allenby's customers reporting no income despite their having earned wages. Allenby does not dispute that this is his interpretation, nor does he dispute having prepared tax returns for many of his customers based on this interpretation. Allenby contends that no one has been able to show him the law by which Congress executed its power to impose income taxes under the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution, uh, period. Despite having received warnings from the IRS and other government officials that the Internal Revenue Code 
classifies wages and salaries as gross income subject to taxation, Allenby continued to prepare tax returns reporting zero total income from for individuals who earned wages or salaries until enjoined by this court's previous order. Allenby admits that if he were to prepare returns today, he would prepare them in the same manner, according to the instructions. Allenby estimates that he has prepared an average of 50 to 60 tax returns each year since 1994. Accompanying many of these returns is an identical letter written by Allenby to the IRS stating that, I have been unable to find the law that Congress was required to make in order to carry into execution the power vested in it by the Constitution of the United States to lay and collect taxes on incomes. We agreed to ask you to inform us as to the whereabouts of the law and, if possible, send us a copy of the law without the enactment and existence of such a law, I file returns according to IRS instructions. How beautiful is that? Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> I'll continue. Give me a minute. Needed a drink. Okay. Past clients have invited Alan B. to speak to groups of people about his interpretation of the tax law, and he has spoken to about 16 groups in various cities, including Cleveland, Detroit, New York, Philadelphia, Portland, and Seattle. Alan B. has also published a book entitled, To the Best of My Knowledge and Belief, which expresses his view that individuals may lawfully report zero total income on their income tax returns despite having earned wages or salaries reported on Form W-2 in the book. Allenby writes, wait, I'll read it, but Erwin Schiff already did this, but this is what Allenby wrote in his book. The wage earner has never been nor can ever be subject to income taxes. You, as a wage earner, are not obligated or liable for income taxes on your wages. April 15 should be just another day to you. As a wage earner, you have not created an income tax obligation, which is due by that date. He is so right. Okay. And the book advises individuals who use the Allen B. approach and are audited to say the, the following to IRS agents. Let me make one thing perfectly clear to you. I earn wages. I don't derive income from any wages. So stop your game and let's end this audit. <laughs> the last page of the book contains a mail order offer for readers to purchase an audio tape called The Audit Tape, on which Allenby explains that individuals should expect at an audit, what individuals should expect at an audit, and how they should respond. Allenby sold the book and from time to time gave it away at his speaking presentations. On July 27, 2004, the United States filed the instant case against Allenby pursuant to 26 U.S.C. sections 7407, 7408, and 7402A, seeking permanent injunction relief barring Allenby from preparing any tax returns. Hmm. The United States moved for a preliminary injunction, and this court issued a preliminary injunction on November 4, 2004. 
On May 31, 2005, the United States moved for summary judgment and a permanent injunction. Part 2. Law and Analysis, a Standard for Summary Judgment. Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 56C governs summary judgment motions and provides the judgments, the judgments sought shall be rendered forthwith if the pleadings, depositions, answers to interrogatories, and admissions on file together with the affidavits, if any, show that there is no genuine issue as to any material fact and that the moving party is entitled to a judgment as a matter of law. Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> In reviewing summary judgment motions, this court must view the evidence in a light most favorable to the non-moving party to determine whether a genuine issue of material fact exists. And they, they quote a lot of court cases here, Atticus, Atticus, Atticus uh, versus S. Oh, you can read them for yourself, okay? Oh, but one of the quotes there from the Sixth Circuit a fact is material only if its resolution will affect the outcome of the lawsuit. A fact is material only if its resolution will affect the outcome of the lawsuit. Okay. Then another one is determination of whether a factual issue is genuine requires consideration of the applicable evidentiary standards. Thus, in most civil cases, the court must decide whether reasonable jurors could find by a preponderance of the evidence that the non-moving party is entitled to a verdict. Okay, boy, legal, legal stuff it's boggles my mind. Summary judgment is appropriate whenever the non-moving party fails to make a showing sufficient to establish the existence of an element essential to that party's case and on which that party will bear the burden of proof at trial. Moreover, the trial court no longer has a duty to search the entire record to establish that it is bereft of a genuine issue of material fact. The non-moving party is under an affirmative duty to point out specific facts in the record as it has been established, which create a genuine issue of material fact. The non-movement the, the non must show more than a scintilla of evidence to overcome summary judgment. It is not enough for the non-moving party to show that there is some metaphysical doubt as to the material facts. Metaphysical doubt. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Permanent Injunction Order 26 U.S.C. 7407. The United States seeks a permanent statutory injunction to prevent Allen B. from preparing any tax returns for 26 U.S.C. 7407 under the statute. The court may issue injunctive relief if the court finds that an income tax return preparer has, one, engaged in any conduct subject to penalty under Section 6994 or 6995, or engaged in any other fraudulent or deceptive conduct which substantially interferes with the proper administration of the internal revenue laws and to injunctive relief is appropriate to prevent the recurrence of such conduct. 7407B, 26 U.S.C. 70, 7407B. The court has the further authority to enjoin a person from acting as an income tax preparer. 
And then it says here, 6694 prohibits understatements due to unrealistic positions and reckless or intentional disregard of rules. Well, he didn't, uh, I mean, if they, if, they, if they don't give you the law and you ask for it, what are you supposed to do, right? All right, if the court finds that an income tax return preparer has continually or repeatedly engaged in any conduct described in subparagraphs A through D of this subsection and that an injunction prohibiting such conduct would not be sufficient to prevent such person's interference with the proper administration of this title at section 7407B2, the government has prevented uncontro presented uncontroverted evidence that the defendant prepares tax returns based on the incorrect interpretation that wages are not taxable income and that this practice results in the underreporting of income and tax owed. Defendant admitted these facts at his deposition. Courts have repeatedly held that such an interpretation is without merit and frivolous. See, Sizemore versus the United States, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of court cases there. You can look them up for yourself. They're here. They're all, you can click on all of them. Um, and this is at, you know, case name, no, casemine.com. Hold on one second. Okay, and I will continue. Therefore, defendants' activities interfere with the administration of the internal revenue laws and are unrealistic positions under 26 U.S.C. 7407 B1, B, and D. Additionally, defendant has indicated, despite receiving countless warnings and notifications of the proper interpretation of the tax instructions that were he to prepare returns today, he would continue to prepare them under his incorrect and illegal interpretation of the law. The court thus concludes that an injunction is necessary to prevent further interference. Finally, the United States has shown evidence that defendant regularly and repeatedly engaged in such conduct. Allen B. filed 50 to 60 returns a year for the last 10 years. This evidence is sufficient to grant a permanent injunction preventing defendant from acting as an income tax preparer. <laughs> Art C. Does it get good at some point? Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm asking so you. <laughs> you said it was. You said it was short. This thing is a million miles long. Listen, the the, the point is, he continues to to prepare and he continues to submit, but yet still, they are saying he is wrong. But they never arrested, take him to jail, or, or anything any sort like that thus far. So, <laughs> so if, 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 he was, if he was that wrong. If he was that wrong. Well, no, but see, all they were doing was making, they were looking for an injunction to stop him from doing any more. It's not like they will ask for any money here. I haven't seen any dollar figures that they, they're saying he owes them. They just want him Love to it. stop filling tax, filing tax returns for people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's so, no. Try going, to the, try going to the conclusion. Okay, let me do that. Did you already read it, or so well, scope of injunction? Start. Say what? Start and see if there's any interest there. Uh, well, D scope of injunction. Despite the statutory eligibility for an injunction, the court has concerns about the First Amendment repercussions of enjoining Allenby's behavior in as broad a fashion as the United States seeks. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> 
the government seeks to enjoin Allenby from promoting either at speaking engagements or by distributing his book, The Frivolous Tax Positions and Return Preparation Methods Described in Allenby's Book. Rather than discussing or addressing potential First Amendment issues in any detail in its briefing, the United States drops a footnote on the final page of its brief and cites three non-Sixth Circuit appellate cases dealing with the First Amendment issue. Nonetheless, the court will evaluate these cases and the applicable case law in crafting the appropriate scope of the injunction. Injunctive relief of the type sought by the United States is a prior restraint on expression. And any prior restraint on expression carries a heavy presumption against its constitutional validity. Okay. However, prior restraints are not necessarily unconstitutional. It depends on the type of speech at issue. And this mentions all these cases. Two pertinent types of speech that may be restricted by prior constraint are, one, commercial speech that is fraudulent or promotes an illegal activity, and speech that incites imminent lawlessness. One, commercial speech under central HUD Central Hudson, the government has the power to regulate false, misleading, fraudulent, or deceptive commercial speech. And well, that's unless it's a politician up on the stage getting ready to run for office, right? <laughs> they don't regulate that. That's misleading, fraudulent, and deceptive, isn't it? That's commercial as you get. Anyway, they are not treated like us. There's us, and then there's them, and we're different. They don't, uh, you know, we, we don't, uh, this, we don't get the same perks they do. And I'll continue. Central Hudson describes commercial speech as advertising, pure and simple, or expression related solely to the economic interests of the speaker and its audience. In evaluating whether speech is commercial. Oh, wait, wait, 447 U.S. at 561-62. In, okay. In evaluating whether speech is commercial, courts consider whether, one, the speech is an advertisement, two, the speech refers to a specific product or service, and three, the speaker has an economic motivation for the speech. United States versus Bell, blah, blah, blah. Numerous appellate courts have held that, the sale of books or tapes that promote fraudulent tax schemes, such as Allenby's, are commercial speech. Yeah, see, they even quoted Erwin Schiff's case here. <laughs> My, and other cases in Schiff. Uh, in Schiff, the Ninth Circuit held that a book explaining how to avoid income taxes was commercial speech because the book was used to help sell other products sold by the author. That's because on the back of the book, on the hardcover back side showed a listing of all of Irwin's other books. And because that was there, they called the book commercial speech and banned him from selling it. But they didn't and ban anybody else from selling it. They just banned him from selling it. But anyway, I'll continue here. In the instant case, yeah, it says here because the book was used to help sell other products sold by the blah, blah. In the instant case, Allenby's book advertises an audio tape that can assist individuals with the IRS and is sold by mail. Further, Allenby admitted that he prepared tax returns for which he charged a fee for some of the individuals who purchased his book. Thus, the court concludes that the book is commercial speech 
and its sale and distribution can be enjoined. To inciting imminent and lawless behavior under Brandenburg, the government may exercise prior restraint against speech that is directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Courts evaluating the constitutionality of speech restrictions on fraudulent tax schemes schemes have been hesitant to rest their rulings entirely on Brandenburg. See the Bell case upholding injunction because enjoined speech aids and abets criminal activity and its fraudulent commercial speech explicitly in avoiding Brandenburg shift blah 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 because we because we can uphold the injunction as an appropriate restriction on fraudulent commercial speech we do not need to address the alternate alternate cited by the district court to support the injunction inciting imminent lawless behavior Despite this, both the Bell and Kahn courts narrowly construed previously issued injunctions to ensure compliance with Brandenburg's imminence requirements. In Bell, the district court enjoined Bell from organizing, promoting, marketing, or selling, or assisting therein the tax shelter plan or arrangement, or any other abusive tax shelter plan or arrangement that incites taxpayer to attempt to, to violate the internal revenue laws. All right, I'm going to go down... Um, okay, the injunction. Oh, let me go to the conclusion. Well, let's re read the injunction. Okay. 26 U.S.C. 7402 grants broad discretion to federal courts to issue injunctions necessary to enforce internal revenue laws. The United States seeks to extend a requirement contained in the preliminary injunction order that defendant must provide a signed document to persons seeking his assistance in preparing taxes. The court agrees, and defendant shall provide a copy of the attached notice to customers of Michael A. Allenby to anyone who seeks his assistance in preparing taxes. The United States shall be permitted to conduct discovery to monitor Allenby's compliance with the permanent injunction. Hmm. Conclusion. The United States has, yeah, see, that's it. That He's got an injunction. He can't sell his book or, or talk, do people's tax returns without giving them a piece of paper. I don't know what it says on that piece of paper. Anyway, conclusion. The United States has presented evidence that the defendant has repeatedly engaged in fraudulent and deceptive conduct that substantially interferes with the administration of the internal revenue laws. Moreover, the court finds that injunctive relief is appropriate to prevent the recurrence of such conduct. The court further finds that a permanent injunction is necessary and appropriate in this instance to enforce the internal revenue laws. Therefore, the court orders that one, Pursuant to IRC Section 7402A, 7407, and 7408, the defendant, Michael Allenby, and his representatives, agents, servants, employees, attorneys, and any persons in active consort, concert or participation with him are permanently enjoined from directly or indirectly a preparing any federal tax reform returns forms or claims for refunds for others b representing others before the irs in any way including att attending meetings at irs offices on behalf of others or submitting documents to the irs on behalf of others c engaging in any conduct that interferes with the administration and enforcement of the internal revenue laws or d 
aiding, abetting, or attempting to persuade others directly or indirectly to violate the tax laws in such a situation where unlawful conduct is likely to occur. In such a situation where unlawful conduct is likely to occur. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Two, in the event that any current potential or former customers approach a defendant for assistance in preparing their tax returns, defendant shall immediately provide a signed copy of the attached notice to customers of Michael Allenby to such customers. Isn't that interesting? So it really, they aren't telling him he's got to stop. They're just telling him he's got to issue a signed copy of the attached notice to customers. I guess saying, you know, that it's not, it's not lawful to do that. But he's still allowed to file for people. But anyway, the United, well, I don't know. The United States is permitted to conduct discovery to monitor the defendant's compliance with this order. It is so ordered. That is really weird. I'd like to have this guy on my call. Is he still around? I wonder. <laughs> Allenby. Huh. So this is a good one. Well, uh, you're right. The guy, they said right out that he committed fraud and, uh, you know, interfered with the government's administration of the tax law. Usually you go to jail for that. Yes. But they didn't even tell him. I mean, they told him he had to stop filing for people. But then at the end, the conclusion is just, if he does file for people, he has to give them signed notice of the attached whatever. Let's see, the injunction order. I guess that's here. Let me. Where is there a copy of the injunction order? Uh, notice to customers of Allenby to anyone who seeks his assistance from preparing tax. The United States shall be permitted to undergo. Grants broad discretion for no, 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 no. the United States seeks to extend a requirement contained in the preliminary injunction order that the defendant must provide a signed document to persons seeking his assistance in preparing taxes. Well, I guess if it, the order says, you know, it's illegal to do this and that and not do it, nobody's going to do it, right? Nobody's going to, well, but then. I, oh, I, oh, well, I wonder what he's doing today. I wonder if he's still filing taxes for people or, you know. I hope so, because they're just a bunch of crooks. Yeah, they are. It's so, they're such, oh, so bad, you know. Rich, Rich Iverson used to get mad at me because I, I would take the approach that it's hopeless to fight these fuckers. <laughs> Excuse my French, which went, broke my own record. But when it comes to them, the F word applies. What can I say? But, uh, you know, I it's like it's worse and worse. It's not getting better. To me, it's not getting better. They just don't they don't even care anymore that they look like the criminals they are, you know. They're not trying to hide it. <laughs> they they just—they count on nobody looking anything up. They're counting on the schools to, you know, brain dead the people, which they've done. And nobody thinks to look anything up, or, or you know, they just take what the government spews at them as fact. It's not. I just, well, the oh. thing you just—the thing you just read was just manipulation of words or terms. Yeah. The guy's exactly right. If you ask the IRS for a definition of income and, and explain it to them, they won't send you anything. They'll they did that that's what Joe Bannister did. He worked for the IRS. Remember him? He's still 
around. He has a show on Saturdays on some station. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he got the bug to look into it. And when he couldn't find it, he asked his superiors for the uh, information. And they said, you can pack up your shit and go. <laughs> That's it. What? No, I'm just saying all of this is very interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, it just goes to show. It just proves how criminal they are. You know, the courts, they're all in bed together. All the government employees, the, <laughs> the courts, they're, you know, there's us and there's them. That's it. I never used to believe that. You know, I used to always think, oh, the government has our best interest at heart. They're only doing what's right for us, right? No. Hold on a second. For some reason, my headset is, the cord is tangled in my glasses. <laughs> what? What? I, I think I might be able to reach out to this, this gentleman and see if I could get him on your show. Oh, that would be great. That would be yeah. great. So, um, I, I listen to you every every Thursday, and um, I have learned a, a lot. I've learned what to do and what not to do. Good for you. Thank you so Good much. And um, because of your show, um, I was able to set up my business the right way, and you know, uh, do things that I was able to help my family and some friends and stuff like that. So um, I'm saying thank you very much. Oh, thank you for telling me. That's wonderful to hear. <laughs> the effort that you put out behind the show. And not, not everybody acknowledges, but I am acknowledging you this afternoon. Well, for thank the work you so much. For, for I, the spirit of time. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everybody coming on. I mean, the whole idea is to learn stuff, right? Yes. Oh, can't you know, stop um, learning. I'm an old lady, but very, that doesn't mean you stop learning. <laughs> I don't care. You, you had a very interesting guest. Um, like he came on, I think, twice on your show. Um, uh, Zadok. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, I'm, he's uh, He doesn't want to come on, though. I mean, he's. Uh, he doesn't like bringing t attention to himself, and he, you know, people were emailing me to to get contact information, and he told me to stop doing it. I guess it was too overwhelming for him, or whatever. Once in a while, he emails me a piece of information, though, or some definition. But uh, yeah, he, I, I lined him up to come on three more times, and he backed out each time at the last minute. So. Yes, so um, you had some documentation in which you um, you had, and I was able to download oh, the uh, the documentation and 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 put it into action. Oh, and, good. Uh, yeah. So what happened? <laughs> For me, um, like I said, you know, I was able to um, to mirror everything that the government was was doing to us uh -huh. as as a people. You know, so um, uh -huh. with, with that, you know, you mirror everything that they do. So now uh -huh. you take control over what it is that is taking place. In mm -hmm. Very good, very good. Yeah, 
that's what this is all about getting ideas on how to you know formulate your own stuff but uh, let's see here 951 let me unmute you there you've been unmuted 951 how can I help you Dallas I haven't <laughs> looked at my email I'm so sorry you have not <laughs> when did you send me an email a week ago Oh no, I've looked at it since then. Let me, but it, uh, the last was, one I that sent was a you. response to yours. Oh, a week a ago. To your email. Yeah, right. the one you sent me. Oh, there it is. Nine twenty-seven. Yeah, this is. Oh uh, my God. October third. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I, I would like to thank I am Bay. That was a very, very good, uh, very good case. Uh, case. Very good case that uh, was read, and actually, what it does, it makes my point. It blows Section 83 argument away completely, because according to the author of Section 83, that was a conversation we had last week. He said that mm -hmm. that's where income is defined. However, <laughs> this guy blew it out of the water with his court case. Mm. Yeah. Because they never came back with the definition. They just, you know, it doesn't they call your names and <laughs> accuse you of other stuff, but they never come up with the the reasoning, you know, or, or the answer. Now, you know, something I'm sure why they didn't approach him anymore and go into it anymore. And all of the, all of the, uh, all the yes codes that they cited, 74.2 and 74.7 and 74.8 and 6700, all of those, uh -huh. uh, they, they're not applicable to us uh -uh. in the private sector. They're applicable only to federal government employees and those are, who are effectively connected with the trade or business, as is defined in the Internal Revenue Code. So it's not applicable to us. So, I mean, the way this guy did it is really clean. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all, all of those all of those only apply within the federal area. That's all. And so they, you know, they, they really couldn't go any farther. And another thing, when you talked about wages, mm. yeah, uh, wages, the 1040 form is not the form where you enter your wages. So when he's doing the tax preparation, I don't think they wanted to go into the Paperwork Reduction Act regarding a 1040 form. Wages are not 1040. There's a no. slot there for wages, isn't there? There's a slot there for doing an income tax every April 15th. But how many people know the know better than to do? I that? know there's. A, the, I think on the is it well gross income. And well, the thing about gross wages, income, people there, don't. There should be a. I think there's a. Wait. Okay. Well, well the thing I'll, about growth income, it's really, it's really people really don't people don't understand how the system works. Okay. Mm -hmm. When uh, regarding that, and they just take for granted that that's the form that's used, but that's a tax class two form, which is for individual income tax. But, um, but the form itself has to go through the clearance process through the uh, Paperwork Reduction Act through the Office of Management and Budget at the White House. And when agencies take these statutes from Congress, like Section 83 or any of these other ones like this for wages, whatever like that, they, 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 can't, they can't ask OMB to approve the laws because the laws are already approved. They were enacted by Congress. 
agencies who are going to enforce those laws have to write their regulations, and then they have to publish them in the Federal Register, citing the regulation that they're going to enforce, the, uh, the section of the law they're going to enforce. And then when they go and, and uh, they're going to collect from what they call 10 or more persons, as they term it, uh, the Paper Reduction Act, and that, that form of plastic 10 or more, then they have to get the clearance from OMB to ask the questions. So if they're going to ask you to put wages on, they have to cite their uh, the gross income and wages. They have to cite their regulation for those items of gross income. And gross income is what they consider income, but they call it gross income, which means everything. It doesn't matter what it is. And, uh, however, that section of uh, uh, the Code of Federal Regulations by the IRS in Title 26 of the Code of Federal Regulations is 1.61-1. And the IRS didn't include that in their request at 1B to get that approved for gross income. Uh, the one for wages, salaries, uh, commissions, tips, bonuses, all those things that's listed like either on line one or line seven or line six, whatever it is, under different forms. It says wages. That's why people take it off their W-2 and stick it in there. Yeah. That's 1.61-2. It tells the items of gross income. That was never requested for approval for collection of information on the 1040 form. So the IRS cannot ask anyone to do it, you have to volunteer. That's why it's a voluntary compliance system. And so, I mean, uh, under the Paperwork Reduction Act, which is Title 44 of the United States Code, uh, Section uh, 3512, I think it is, for public protection, you, it's a bootleg request and you can ignore it, according to Congress, because they never requested that to be approved. So why people filling out gross income and wages and stuff on the 1040 form. It was never approved for that. Well, but if you had to go into court to fight it, they would twist the words and screw you up just no, like... No, the actual laws and regulations. Those are the actual laws and regulations. Okay. It's the actual process that the agency is required by Congress to proceed through. And it's not anyone's opinion. It's not an argument. There's nothing with argument or what they call argument in court, which is a controversy. No, these are the laws they have to obey. If they don't obey them, you can ignore them because they don't apply to you. <laughs> Period. Congress said that. 35, uh, 44 U.S.C. Section 3512. It's the public protection. If they don't comply with it, then it's considered a bootleg request and it can be ignored by the public. That's what Congress said. That's not anyone's opinion. That's not my opinion. That's not an argument. That's just the actual law. And according to that law, the agencies are required to publish and promulgate their regulations in the Federal Register, pursuant to the Federal Register Act by Congress, the law, stating the authority they're using to enforce you to fill that form out. Well, uh, they never did that. They never complied with Congress. Never complied with the law. IRS never did. And uh, so <laughs> you're not required. Not unless you are a federal government employee. Then you're really not required either. Or you're effectively connected with the trader business as defined in the Internal Revenue Code and Code of Federal Regulations, which actually gives you who those people are. We're effectively connected. So the thing is, 
this, I mean, what this guy did was like a different approach because he was a tax preparer. And uh, so he was actually performing as a tax preparer. He was kind of in their jurisdiction somewhat. But that 74-2 is the jurisdiction of the civil court. That's what that's for. And, uh, and the, the civil court really didn't have jurisdiction over him because he wasn't dealing with items of income. I know you'd think that the government would come back with uh, making you know sign a statement say, explaining what he did was wrong and and how it was wrong, but they don't. They just say they you know, won't do that. They don't want anyone wrong. to know. Yeah, I know they don't. They're they don't criminals. want anyone to know. And that's just like what the t the uh, the ten forty checkmate with we the people. When the guy, oh, yeah. uh, when the IRS, the DOJ told the IRS, no, you're not going to win this one, let alone, you don't want people to know all of this stuff, just drop it. And they had to drop it. They dropped it. They, the guy was frivolous, but frivolous, in, uh, uh, no, he was a, a failure to file an income tax return. You're talking about Bob and, Schultz. Yeah, Bob Schultz and uh, the We the People, the and people. at 1040 Checkmate on the internet. Just type in 1040 yeah. Checkmate in a Google right. search, and yeah, it's there. And they have all the documents there, and he based everything on the Paperwork Reduction Act, what I was just talking about, because they didn't comply with the Paperwork Reduction Act, so they don't want to go there because they don't want people to know about it. And that's kind of what, what this is here. They just didn't want to go there. They didn't want to go any farther, so they, they did what they could do and backed off. And they couldn't arrest him because he didn't break any laws. Yet <laughs> like, they said in the paperwork that he was committing fraud. Well, they could say anything once, like David Merlin says, yeah. you can't really win in the courts because they're corrupt. These judges aren't, don't want people to know stuff, so they've got to figure out how to work around it right. so that, that way you know, they, they don't expose the truth. Right. They don't want anybody to know. But, how, you know, the Internet know. is alive and well, and eventually we're going to get to that you know, critical mass point that I keep waiting for. You know, well, I don't know if that will ever happen. You know why? Because most people don't right. know what we understand. Yeah. Most well, of the people are still like, like what it says in the in the Matrix when when uh, when Morpheus was chained up and and uh, and uh, Agent Smith was talking to him. Say, look at them out there, just wandering around, oblivious. You know, because that's where people are. They just don't know. And you attempt to explain it to them, and they think you're crazy. They think you're nothing uh, crazy because they're afraid of the IRS. The fear is keeping them from uh, finding out more. Ann Ellis is saying here, hey, Dallas, you may be wrong because Lindsey Springer went to prison using what you are saying. Angela, I have no idea. I remember Lindsey Springer, but I can't comment on it because I don't know the exact details of it. But a lot of the people, like I mentioned last week, a lot of the people who've been, like I said, you know, you're trying to have, have a hard time finding people to speak on your calls because a lot of them are in federal prison. Yeah, I know. One little Lizzie Springer mistake. and his lawyer are in prison. I forget the lawyer's yeah. name. But. Yeah. Oh, Dan, yeah, he doesn't know about the case. What Say what? The one, you know what one mistake they made? They went to court. Yeah. And he probably well. got an attorney. <laughs> that was a big mistake right there. Yeah. But when you're scared to death that your life is going to, you know, fall apart. That's what they. That's how they get you with the fear. That's how they get you. That's what they were attempting to do to me when I went to court with the traffic tickets, and I got rid of the attorney. I got rid of him, the public defender, uh, 
And once I got rid of them, then I did what I needed to do, and I was I was out of there, you know. So uh, I ended up getting everything, all the uh, charges dismissed. I went one time but, to court to fight a ticket, and um, we'll finish what you were saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. Uh, I went to court to fight a ticket, and I won, but. I told this story before on here, so I won't go into detail on it because you all heard it before. But when um, the, the courtroom was it. full, it was right here in West L.A. Court on Purdue. And it was, uh, well, you never heard it? No. No. Well, I got a ticket one time. I was going down Sepulveda up towards the airport, and I wanted to turn right on Lincoln. And as you go up, there's a, a little sign on the right before you get to Lincoln, and it says, Lincoln, turn here, right? I passed it. I missed it. I didn't see it. So I went to Lincoln, and I turned right there. There's no sign saying you can't. Cop pulls me over, tells me I can't, par I can't turn right on Lincoln, right? This is a big Westchester trap. I should expose them. I should put it on YouTube because they're probably still doing it. But anyway, I went to court on it. I said, no, there's no time. There's no sign saying I can't do it. So then you can't just give me a ticket. I go in there because I went back and I videotaped everything, you know, the, the location, the signs and how everything was. And I walk in there with a friend of mine and I got my little uh, bag with my video camera in there, right? The place is packed and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for my turn. And the judge goes, he gets, he, he gets everyone's attention and he goes, those of you that want to forego this proceeding and take driving school, you know, stand up now because you're going to lose. I scared everybody. Everybody stood up except me and one other guy. And my friend is tugging at me. He's going, just take the school. Just take the school. And I'm, no, I wasn't wrong. I'm right in this situation. So I held out, and that son of a bitch cop went up to the uh, the bailiff and started talking. And the next thing I know, I'm waiting for the judge to call me, right? And he, he calls my name. He goes, the case has been dismissed. The, judge, the cop changed his mind. And I said, he changed his mind? What do you mean he changed his mind? And my friend, this was back before I knew anything. This was like, I don't know. 98, 97. My friend's tugging on me. He's going, let's go, let's go. Forget it, you're okay. And I, But I wanted to say, no, you can't. I want to see this son of a bitch or something like that. I didn't want to just leave. <laughs> but I didn't know anything back then. I knew that the cop just can't make shit up as he goes. He can't say, oh, you can't turn here. Give me a ticket for something. There's no sign. So I knew I was in the right there. But I don't know. The point I was trying to make was that they... Uh, scare you to death the fear you know the judge yeah, he cleared out that courtroom and there was at least 100 people in that courtroom yeah i mean it was it's have you ever been to west la over on purdue it was a huge place it's no longer i being used but i mean uh, there was at least 100 people in there and he said you're gonna lose i mean really forcefully right it scared me a little bit too but i knew i was right so anyway that's what they do they scare you to oh, death. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they would always leave me until last. They didn't want anyone to hear what I was saying. They didn't like what I was doing. Right. And uh, at the end, they, they uh, <laughs> I had 11 of uh, 11 friends there. My dad was there. And that's when my dad was walking. And he was able to walk and talk. And, uh, and they were all sitting in and wondering why all those people were there because I was the last case. And he walked around asking them, are, are you here for a case? I said, no. 
I'm just observing. Everybody just says I'm observing, but they're all there to see, you know, as uh, witnesses for me in the city. I was doing about 11 people, and they had all of the deputy sheriffs from all the other courts come down to that courtroom, just intimidate me. There were 17 deputy sheriffs there in uniform, the court service sheriffs, and they were all popping their leather and grabbing their guns and shaking their their uh, handcuffs and you know pointing at me and. And laughing and everything else like that, but uh, that's fine. I, it didn't bother me, and uh, you know, I just, I just always remember what you said to James Bond: you know, never let him see you sweat, and always have a way out. And I always did, and uh, and yeah, they they were just trying to intimidate me, so they had to do another continuance. It was I was there practically every day in the courtroom because they couldn't figure out what to do, and I had to you know go to a continuance after continuance. But yeah, they they were there. They always in the and the deputies and the court service sheriff who originally arrested me in the arraignment court that the commissioner lied on paperwork to arrest me because he couldn't figure out how to do it anyway, he was behind me while the other sheriffs were standing around laughing and pointing at me, and he was knocking his knee in the back of my chair because I was sitting in the last row. And I looked up at him. I looked up at him, and he looked like Darth Vader in skin, you know, and I looked up at him, and I, I, I went, oh, I put my hand over my mouth, and I yawned. I said, oh, Dad, it is so boring here. I wish something exciting would happen. Oh, he got pissed. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, I used to I, I used to said, would you well, stop so. hitting my chair with your knee? And I'd have said it oh, loud. No. If I would have said that, oh, then, yeah. he would, then I would create a controversy and he'd arrest me. They were looking for a way to arrest me again, to put me back in jail. And I, I went, you know, I'm going to go through this thing, and I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to make it work. And, yeah, you probably and, did. And that, was, that one I didn't win. That was in Riverside County. I didn't win that. I ended up going to court, you know, the, whatever like that. And, and everybody in the jury, I mean, they were all, they all had a driver license. I didn't. That was the reason why I was there, because I didn't have a driver license. And they all had a driver license, so, you know, it didn't matter who was up there. And uh, But when I got to L.A. County, I figured things out, and, yeah, I got the best of it. And uh, I even had the, the judge run out of the courtroom. But the thing is, yeah, they, they, they attempt to intimidate you like crazy. And I even know. the judge, when I went to uh, over in Bellflower there off of uh, Flower Street up by the 605 and the 91, that's where I had to go. And... Uh, and he was waiting for me. They told him that I wasn't going to cooperate. I was going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. When I walked in there, and he called me up, and uh, and we started talking. He said, "Well, you know, you know, if you walk out of my courtroom, I'm going to have you remanded the custody and put fifty thousand bill on you." So he's trying to, you know, intimidate me, and that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, they do. And uh, you know, I just said something to him in the microphone. And he ran out of the courtroom, and forty-five minutes late, forty minutes later, he was coming back in. And that's when I had the public defender signed to me, and I finally got rid of her. And then I got everything dismissed after that. But, um, yeah, they just love to intimidate, love to intimidate. And the IRS is no different. And these, uh, all these courts are that way. But, um, yeah, yeah, I just, I just don't like going to court. If I can avoid it, I will avoid it like the plague. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Let's see what the chat, what are they saying here? See you guys in a while. Oh, Mike. Okay, Mike's going to have his call. Call ID 142306 at 10 p.m. Central. Okay, what was that case number, Dallas? What case number? 
I don't know, Dan L. This is asking. That was a like a minute. What was that case number? Oh, I guess yours. Do you have a case number? Mine? Yeah. Oh, that was, was years ago. I, I was back in 2009. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I was back in 2009. Can I, I was back in, yeah, I was back in 1999. Excuse me. I was in 1999 oh. when I went through that. 1999. I was there almost every day. Man, that was when the Matrix first came out. And because of the Matrix, I learned a lot about how the court works. Mm. Dan Ellis is asking, can a federal case be tried in a municipal court? You know, we don't have municipal courts here in California anymore. Do we? You know, you know why? They took it because you could get justice there. They were. No, you know why? Why? They, they, back when we had, we had, um, like out here, they had the five rivers courts or something like that in Riverside County. Yeah. And, uh, and there were municipal courts. Uh-huh. And then when I was going through my process with the courts in Riverside County, I went in, I after I lost the court case in Riverside County um, with the jury members. I went in, I just wanted to get a, a, a copy of the transcript for free. So I went in as, as uh, what, uh, poppers or something like that. I signed it up, and the, and the guy in there, he was taking my information, and he was, like, really upset. And I'm going, what's the matter? He said, I said, do you look? I, he goes... You know, they're changing the courts around in here. We were always municipal courts, and they're changing them to superior, state superior courts. I mean, why are they doing that? He says, because they're corrupt here. That's why. You know, they, all they want is people's money. That's all. And this is the guy who worked behind the counter. Well, you know. It was back in 1999. It was back in uh, 1999. He was telling me how corrupt I don't care because I'm changing. quitting anyway. That's when everything started changing. Between 97, yeah. the Paperwork Reduction Act. Yeah, that's when it changed. And then everything started changing, and uh, that's when... So all the state courts right now are actually federal courts. What? All the state courts are federal courts. Are they being subsidized? Because the state of California courts, they're they're, they're state of California courts. They were municipal in the municipality within the county. They were county courts Uh within the municipality. When they changed to a state court system, they're under the state of California, which is a federal corporation. Oh wow! And make them a federal court. That's why none of the attorneys need to have a license to practice their profession. They're in violation of uh, business professions code six zero six seven. They're in violation of it. And I I have a I have a a letter from the bar association. I went all the way around Supreme Court back in the late eighteen hundreds. You said you have uh, licenses to attorneys, but they had to be twenty one years old, male and white. You couldn't be a female, and you couldn't be anything other than white or 21 years old. And so they changed the law so that way, and they changed the wording in uh, the definition of man. They used to have the word man in the California laws, and what they did, they changed it. I think it's, I think it's uh, California Government Code 12.5 or something like that it is, and they changed it from man or man. Wherever it says man or man, it's changed to person or persons. And so because of what they did, changing all of that, uh, and then changing, uh, they yeah, ended up with uh, state superior courts. And the attorneys are the only ones. I requested uh, uh, the uh, laws regarding issuing licenses to attorneys from the Supreme Court to say, we don't issue that. We only issue it if they are going to be temporarily in the Supreme Court. Up there in the, or Sacramento, San Francisco, where it is. They said you need to contact the uh, 
Department of Consumer Affairs, so I contacted them. And they're the ones that issue all the licenses for every profession in California, and, uh, and that's where you have to get it through. And I contacted them. They said, no, we don't issue licenses to attorneys. You need to contact the state bar. So I contacted the state bar. And I went through a lot of things. And because of something I'm, I was going through, I requested the license pursuant to the Business Professions Code of the, uh, the actual license of these two attorneys. And I, I didn't hear from them. So I called them and I said, you know, where, I didn't get anything. They said, well, well, we don't issue licenses. So I said, oh. Well, are you sending that to me in writing? And they did. Mm-hmm. I have it in writing that the state bar does not issue licenses to attorneys. So if the Supreme Court doesn't issue licenses and the state bar doesn't issue licenses and the uh, California Department of Consumer Affairs, who issues all the licenses to all the professions, does they issue licenses to attorneys? Who does? And? No one. <laughs> the reason why is because they're, they're all federal attorneys. That's why. Oh. Well, they get the membership card to the bar. That, yeah, the, the, bar, the bar card. That, that's just a, a card for disciplinary action. That's all that's for, it's to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, well, yeah. Where they get yeah, together so that, yeah. and connive. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I, I always I wanted in writing. Send it to me in writing. Send it to me in writing. And yeah, I always get in writing. And that's why the things that you and I were talking about, I'm getting, I'm getting things I'm writing, but I'm having a hard time getting it because they can't locate what I'm requesting. And that's for the Social Security issue. They, they, can't, they can't find when I'm, they can't find a levy on me anywhere. So why are they levying my Social Security? Yeah. So if there is not, there's I no means as a levy. Stopped, they stopped doing it, right? What's that? Well, they didn't take out in September. I don't know what's going to happen in October. I'll find out. But I can't get through to anyone there because the division that, is, that deducts is called the Bureau of Fiscal Service. They, won't, they don't answer their calls anymore. Uh, or maybe they won't answer mine. I don't know. That's what I mean. They don't care. They're corrupted to the nines. They don't yeah. care. And they don't care if you know it. What are you going to do I'm about getting it? A, right? I'm getting it's it through like someone else. It. It's like, wow, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm getting the I'm getting the information through someone else. So, but they're having a hard time finding all the documents I'm requesting because those documents are the ones that I need. When I get those or get a response that says they don't have it, it doesn't matter to me which one it is. Uh, it'll prove that uh, yeah, what uh, they're doing is fraudulent, and they're not authorized to do it. You have my documentation. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like they care. If you call them out on it. I mean, you got to sue oh, they them. Really, right? They really don't care. I've had a couple of them hang up on me. Them, but right? With that? You have to file a lawsuit against them. Oh, no. I, I, I don't like going to court. Why, why go to court? You go to court and you get just corrupt judges. <laughs> I well, know. I don't it, want to deal with a corrupt judge. If everything you say is right on legit and it's on paper and it shows the law... Well, see, but then you're right that the judges are there to interpret it, and they will interpret it whichever way. It their own way. Yeah, whichever way suits everybody. So twist it around and make them right and make you wrong. Yeah, so it's like useless. That's what happened to me in the traffic ticket issues when I went through. They lied on the documents to arrest me twice. They had to lie because they couldn't arrest me any other way, so that's a lie. And... uh and, I mean, I had proof from someone who actually had to place the order to arrest me 
or I have to place the order for how I have to go to court. And uh, this is the, uh, I went to court on a traffic ticket. I got a traffic ticket in a university, and, uh, and I decided I was going to go take care of it. I went into court, and I went in voluntarily on the day of the arraignment and everything else like that. And, I, yeah, I caused a problem. I found out about how to do all the commercial process stuff, and they arrested me, right, because I didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, but they, I went to get the document as to why they arrested me. And I went into the sheriff's department, into the basement, to where they have the records, and I wanted copies of the records. And she kept saying, well, I need to see ID. I said, here's my face, this is my ID. Okay? I need to see the document. So she was showing it to me from the back, from the other side of the glass. And she said, I'm looking at this thing, and this is not right. I said, what do you mean? She said, this says that you went to an arraignment on a, uh, uh, a warrant appearance. And she said, how did they do that? She said, I'm the warrant supervisor, and I'm the one that has to issue the warrant appearance, and your name is very unique. I don't remember issuing a warrant appearance on your name. And I looked at it and said, hmm, X-Files, yeah, uh, you know, X-Files uh, Twilight Zone, right? Judges do what they want to do. They lie like they want to lie, right? She goes, I, wow, she goes, I guess so. She was the warrant supervisor. She was, she was taken over for someone who was sick who was actually the record supervisor there, and she was helping out. I just happened to get the warrant supervisor, and the commissioner lied on the document, said I made a warrant appearance so they could arrest me, otherwise they couldn't. So the thing is, you walk in a courtroom, they're going to do what they want. They'll do exactly what they want. They'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll twist things around like they want. That's why I don't like going to court. You know, when I was talking with David last week, he goes to court to try to prove a point. The thing is, like you said, he told everybody he was, that he was taken to court. You're going to lose. <laughs> You're going to lose, is what he said. I listened to yeah. it today. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, why do that? <laughs> well, you want sometimes you want it on the record, but I mean, you can still get it on the record without going to court. Well, so. there's a way to get it on the record, and that's what I did to get the, the get the charges dismissed against me, and. Uh, when I, when I did have the, when I went to L.A., but the thing is, I, they had me going there like four or five, six times, you know, continuous after continuous after continuous. It's like, yeah, you know, I was done with that. I don't need to do that anymore. You know, I, I have better things to do. And you said, you know, you call yourself an old lady when I was listening. Don't you do that? We're the same age. Don't you call me old? No, no, no I won't be there till December. Give me the few months I have left. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I got there before you did. Uh, so months. I'm not old. <laughs> anyway, no, but, well. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, anyone who goes to court, they, they run the risk of being lied about, cheated about, and, and going with a corrupt system that just, you know, if you're, if you're going to go against their system in any way and cause a disruption, kind of like the way cryptocurrencies is, is, is handling Federal Reserve notes right now, it's causing a corruption. The oh. thing is that you are going to have problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want any chinks in their armor. They don't want you to... Exactly. Upset their apple cart, if we want to quote a exactly. few cliches. That's they, that's uh, why I really appreciate what he brought up with that court case. That's an interesting court case. I've never seen an approach like that. Yeah. You need to go through and read it. I know. Oh, I, I have it. it up also. I, I, I like that. That. Wait, wait. 
the quote. Where was it? Let me. Uh, I have been unable to find the law that Congress was required to make in order to carry into execution the power vested in it by the Constitution of the United States to lay and collect taxes in, on incomes. We agreed to ask you to inform us as to the whereabouts of the law and, if possible, send us a copy of the law. Without the enactment and existence of such a law, I file returns according to IRS instructions. I love that. That's so yeah, beautiful. Exactly. In other words, Matthew 525, agree with an enemy and then make them look yeah. stupid in your favor. That's the way you do it. Why, why argue? Why cause a controversy? When yeah. you can do it and make them agree with you and you walk out. Yeah, but they twist things around. They didn't answer his question. That was the question he they put didn't, to them. And they won't they didn't answer. Of course not. They go all over and the they place. They won't. Everywhere because if they else. answer it, then everyone will know. That's what they do with everything. You know, they, yeah. they never uh, answer direct questions. Yeah, that's that's what they're attempting to do with cryptocurrencies. That's what they're attempting to do with cryptocurrencies right now. They're they, attempting they to make doing? it so that way it's taxable and it's not. You know, it's like, okay. Oh, gotta get their piece of the pie, don't that's you know? That's what they're looking for. They want to be able to tax it so they get their piece of the pie, and that's the whole point. If they don't get their piece of the pie, they'll lie and cheat and do whatever they do and, and deceive and and make people uh, believe something. Like what, uh, what uh, Joseph Goebbels said, who was a propagandist for Adolf Hitler, he said the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. You know, so yeah. how, could this not, how could this be a lie? IRS, income tax returns, you know, but it is. Are you, you looking know? at the chat at all? Uh, now. I'm yeah, Dan, I'm Dan, Alves. Dan Alves is throwing questions at you left and right. I keep oh, asking him to call in. The district attorney? Yeah, oh, no, it's D yeah, D-A, no. That's just the first two letters of his name. Right. That's how it comes out on here. Dan Elvis. But uh, if you want to take a minute and go over it. Yeah, that, that towards me? That's yeah. Asking. Dallas, have you ever been convicted of a traffic ticket, paid the fine, and then had the judge order the city to return the fine? like I did because of discovery asked for. Well, um, come on the call, Dan. Why don't you call in? You can share yeah, what you did, call. how you you got to yeah, that success. Yeah, about Lindsay Springer. I don't know much about Lindsay Springer. Uh, something about citizen and the resident, but well, you should know what those words mean. You're saying that Lindsay Springer said the same thing as you were saying or, or said something like that. I, I forget now. I was saying... Yeah. Um, probably not. Lindsay Springer went to jail, didn't he? Yeah, a while back. I, I'm still sitting at also home with my dad lawyer. taking care of <laughs> 34 years, I'm still sitting at home with my dad. But, yeah. Um, uh, something about the word citizen or resident? Uh -huh. Definition? Well, it depends upon where it's defined. It's defined everywhere, all kinds of ways. But the word resident is uh, has a double meaning. And uh, and citizen, you know, he spells with the capital C. That's prior to the Fourteenth Amendment. After the Fourteenth Amendment, it spells lowercase C because those citizens were property. And uh, um, 
and the other citizens were sovereign prior to the 14th Amendment. But the resident, that's... Uh, has a double meaning. Uh, when you look at it, uh, res means thing, and ident means I- identification. So it's the identification of the thing where it's located, the resident. And um, and to reside, R-E-S-I-D-E, means to take you from the private side where you are and put you on the public side so that you have jurisdiction over you in their venue, like the internal revenue service, so they can tax you. And that's why they want you to be a, claim to be a resident. There's no Z in that word. <laughs> it's recidant. Um, uh, Dallas thought about trader business. What trader businesses are you accusing me of conducting? I didn't accuse anyone of conducting a trader business. Uh, the of proof is on them. Who are them? I don't know who them are, just Gigi, whoever Gigi is. Um, but if you understand what the term trader business means, under Section 7701 of the Internal Revenue Code, Title 26 U.S.C., trader business includes the performance of the functions of a public office. And when you look under the Code of Federal Regulations, I don't remember which one it is, it, it tells you exactly what those public offices are. As president, vice president, governor, not governor of California or Florida, or as governor of Puerto Rico, governor of the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. um, and different public offices like that, even congressional offices, are considered uh, the functions of a trader business. And there's one they attempted to include, which is uh, in that Code of Federal Regulation, which was a uh, notary public. But they said that, oh, notary public cannot be included in it because um, they're pretty much independent. So they didn't include them as being a trader business, and that's what they mean. It doesn't mean a trade like, like you're a bricklayer in a business, like you're, like this one woman who, uh, in a tax court case, she was an author, and they, they claimed that her trader business as an author made her uh, have self-employment tax that she didn't pay, and and her high-priced tax attorneys that she had. Um, ended up having her pay about a half a million dollars from that tax court case, which the tax court is not even a court, pursuant to Title 28 of the United States Code. That's the Federal Debt Collection Procedures Act. Tax court is not a court. It's just an administrative procedure. It's just an IRS employee who's acting like a judge. Um, And uh, she lost. And so she has to pay like a half a million dollars. And the thing is, she's not in, in a trader business because she's not a she's not a, a, a public officer. But they made her believe that her trader business was being an author of a, of books she sells. She sold millions of dollars in books over the years, mm-hmm. and so they wanted their cut. And yep. so they lied in tax court to make her believe that she was in the trader business, and she didn't know what she was doing. Neither did her tax attorneys because they're trained by the IRS to not know that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's amazing. I, I am Bay had their hand up. Yes, I had my hand up. I have um, a question, and it may, it may be more of a statement, something that um, you might want to consider. And uh, while the gentleman that, um, that was speaking, um, he, he, he generated a thought in my head in relation to the uh, 1044. What if the 1040 form 
was supposed to be filed by the United States and not the individual or the corporation that they created against the individual. You understand what I'm saying? The 1040 form? Right, the 1040 form. What if that was supposed to be filed by the corporation, the United States, and not the individual that they claim or that they created to file the form? Because the, the 1040 is against the um, income from investments that you're supposed to pay because wages, you're, you're not supposed to pay against the wages because that is an exchange of service for, for your energy for what you are paid in return. But the investment is, um, is what you have to pay taxes against. Okay, maybe uh, maybe I'm not understanding, but let me see if I can <laughs> understand what you're saying. I know that the 1040 form was originally introduced during the Public Salary Tax Act when people were, during the war, when people who were not public employees were asked to volunteer to pay. And so they came out with this form, eventually became the 1040 form, and they just didn't tell people that it it was only supposed to last three years, and they didn't tell them that. So they just kept filling it out because they got used to it like fleas in a jar. They just got trained to do it. And, uh, um, and so the 1040 form was not really for anyone of us to fill out. It was just a temporary form. That's all it was. So what they're, what they're doing right now is when they, when they uh, I know the corporations, when you say, the corporation in United States filling it out, federal corporation for the fiction, whether that form was for the corporation United States under Title, Eight, Title 28, United States Code um, 3002, parent 15, where it defines them to be a federal corporation. Is that what you're talking about? For them to fill out for the legal fiction instead of us, the real men and women, filling it out? Is that what you're talking about? Bay? Is that what you're talking about? You, you, you might have muted yourself out. Where'd you go? I am Bay. You're on, did you mute your your phone on your end? You hearing me? There you are. Now Not we can you. hear you. Okay, so what I'm saying is, what if the form was supposed to be filled out by the United States itself instead of us, the, the, the person, the living person filling that form out, because the, the fiction that they created in our name is what they, 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 they take the securities and they invest it and they are making money against that fiction every time there is an infraction by that person who claimed to be that, to be that fiction. So that is the investments that they are getting a return against. So what if they were supposed to fill that out and give the person the, the, the dividend against the investment that, 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 that they made or that they have made with the securities that they have invested. You, you I understand what, what I'm saying? I think you have The thing is, thing is the go ahead. What I'm saying is you're reversing the process. Instead of you filing a 1040, the government filed a 1040 and pay you instead of you filing a 1040 and pay them. Okay, I see what you're talking about. That's the commercial process, okay? Actually, because 
they exist in a democracy and we exist in a republic. Uh, when the United States government declared bankruptcy back in 1933-34 and all of this came about, IRS, uh, you know, Federal Reserve Banks, all this, all this stuff, the, the uh, Social Security Act, and all these acts started coming out. It came out so that way they could create the legal fiction, which, they, which in the Internal Revenue Manual they call the entity. It's called the entity. That's the, the terminology, entity. And, um, and they, they control the entity. And yes, that's, they, they manipulate the entity for so many things. And they put that in what's known as an individual master file and a business master file so they can manipulate that and they can do some of the things you're talking about during, in the commercial process taking the things and putting it on the stock market, which is our name, but it's not our name because it's the entity that they created to act like us because we're the surety for the bankruptcy uh, reorganization of the United States government. And uh, so, yeah, that, yes, they do. They actually do that now, okay? They fill out the paperwork. We just don't see that paperwork. You just want to see those things that have QCIF number on it, and they put it on the stock market, and they end up, you know, getting all kinds of extra funds all over the place. They make us fill it out. So, like Angela said, we signed it under penalties of perjury, which I have a request going in to find out what those penalties are, because no one ever asked, what are those penalties? Can you give me a list of them, please? The penal penalty, because it's always penalty of perjury. Under the penalty of perjury. And that's under 28 U.S.C. section 1746, 1 and 2, under the penalty of perjury. But penalties of perjury is what's on those documents that they have because it's private. So it's private documents that they're, they're handling, and it goes into their master files where they do their business back there, and, and they make us look like as if we're manufacturing bus tires in the Virgin Islands or, or rum in Puerto Rico. And so that way they can do what they do to us. That's right. But they're doing that right now. I wonder if yeah, people know that. It was in those master files. What they they had they had Irwin Schiff listed as uh, making diesel engines or some kind of yeah yeah thing. They go have so many different things. And then they go to court. Even. And then <laughs> when you go to court with the IRS, guess what happens? They will That's hand the judge it. documents that you will never see that yeah. they show that you do those things. And what that is, those are uh, federally regulated activities that they have authority over that uh -huh. they tell you that you, you didn't uh, comply with, and you don't know that they're doing that. That's right. They have people on there. I think they had him on there as, as a drug dealer one time. Yeah. <laughs> you better pay your taxes if you're a drug dealer. That's how they got Al Capone. He was brute making, you know, illegal brute. Beer, uh, whiskey. I guess D is telling me that <laughs> that's not the reason, and I'm wrong. Okay, everybody's got their opinion. Non-resident alien within my employee, I am required to deduct from. So you're volunteering. Uh, no form. The government created can be used against you. I don't think so. I'm. Uh, callers right about the government giving you money back. Whatever. I can't keep up with it. We got nine minutes left. We're gonna call it a night. <laughs> well, thanks for in your input, Dallas. That was great. And I am Bay. Thank you for pointing out that case. It was good. I've got it up. I'm gonna look at it again. I'm gonna type out that particular
paragraph where the guy asks the questions so that I can add that to my arsenal of golden nuggets. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, anybody else? Come on, Dan, call in. You've got all these questions and remarks. Pick up the phone. Dave Merlin's book has the names of 41 people that had indictments which removed. Check it out. That's great. Government employee. Yeah, I love. Well, I we, don't ever expect to get that far. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's getting worse, too. I'm telling you, it's not getting any better. You would think it would get better the more people know. It's like the more blatant they are becoming, and they don't care. They don't well, something care. Something I wanted to, I wanted to clear, clear up. Somebody said something here. Something I wanted to clear up. I explained about we're in the republic and they're in democracy, and I am was asking about that. Okay. When when they made when they went with the bankruptcy reorganization, which is why a lot of the things that happened, like 9/11 and everything, to cover up. Um, uh, they were supposed to teach us how to republic the funds, how we because we're not required to pay anything because we're the surety for the bankruptcy. And because they're the surety for the bankruptcy, they were supposed to teach us how to read the flesh and blood of man and woman or as surety, how to republic the funds so we don't pay for anything because it's all prepaid. But they never taught us how to do that, how to republic the funds. That's because we're in the republic and they're in the democracy. But yeah, that was kind of part of that answer to the question uh, from Ryan Bay about the United States doing the income tax returns. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know why would they even, I don't, that, uh, well, it doesn't make sense to me, but that's okay. I don't always understand everything that's discussed here <laughs> or that I read. <laughs> I have to read things sometimes ten times. You know, lawyerese is like gobbledygook and it's repetit repetitive you know, useless information. So, and it's and it's complicated sometimes. I have to stop and find out the definition of words because I don't understand what the hell they're saying. Like that case, I'll go back and read that again. There's a couple of statements in there that were very complex. I did not understand. But I'll go back and try to understand it. Angela, there's a, someone on here with a picture of a man with a beard and long hair, brown that's great that Great He's right. He said, if you work for a company that has a license, you're working for the government as an employee. And the whole point is, all these companies, people get corporations and everything else like that, and, uh, and when they request the EIN from the IRS, they're begging the IRS to tax them. They're begging the IRS to do whatever they want to them. And when they do that, they are a federal corporation. And so, yeah, he's, he's right in saying that. That's why, that's why the exchanges that are out there right now for cryptocurrencies, the government's hitting them up, and they can because those, some of those centralized exchanges are, have an EIN. They yeah, the one, there was one in New York that just closed. It closed they closed it up. They didn't do it because they had to, you know, they required too much shit. <laughs> yeah. Regulations and stuff and then taxation and... They were going to open an office in New York. There, there's a thing on Netflix or YouTube or Amazon. I don't know. I don't remember. I mentioned it when I saw it. 
And uh, anyway, it's eight. It's seven fifty-five, and all is well at the moment. I hope everybody's having a great week. I didn't get a chance to say that when I first started the call. I was on mute for 12 minutes and I talked and read through cases on Payman's website for 12 minutes until I looked at the chat and realized there was no sound. <laughs> so, that was so silly. Oh my gosh. I got to remember not to hit that mute button. You know, I go to take a sip of water or I have to clear my throat or something and I'll hit the mute button. Sometimes I forget to unmute. <laughs> So I, I apologize for the blank 12 minutes uh, beginning of the call. <laughs> and I came on, I went, hi, everybody. It's October 3rd, 2019, and it's time for my private audio call. And nobody heard it. <laughs> I was talking to myself. Good grief. Anyway, um, got anything else to say, anybody? There are, uh, Traveler 1 still unmuted and Dallas. And I guess that's it. Anybody? If not, we can close it up. Have a great night. Um, thank you, Mike. Mike said, good call. I guess if you want to go over to his call, I guess he's going to do one. Uh, that's 142306, and he starts at 10 p.m. Central. All right, everybody. I love you. Have fun. Take care of each other. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Good night.